all started when one dumb bitch met a even dumber bitch and they became best friends. The end. Hi guys, it's Sam McCaffrey and Allie Bills. And today we have a special guest. Drum roll, please. Mrs. Simon Simon Shore. Mrs. Simon Shore is in the house. Woo! Happy to be here. Simon is my childhood friend. I thought we went to Catholic school together. Turns out we didn't. Jewish. Jewish. I thought you were a cashew. Anyways. Wait, what's a cashew? When you're Catholic and Jewish. Like your parents are one or oh, the other. And then okay. I've even if you're Jewish, that. they still send you to Catholic school because it's like better education. But they didn't. Okay. But they didn't. <laughs> they just I... sent me 45 minutes away. Oh, no. Yeah, literally. Yeah, I literally. Had... 45 minutes an hour. Private school. Whatever. And then they sent you off to boarding school. And then they, they didn't sent want me you. off and they shipped me off. I wonder what was wrong with me. <laughs> a lot. So today we're going to talk about just like LGBTQ plus issues. So you were, you're a cisgender, gay, cisgender, white, male. white, gay male. So, I mean, you don't have like all the perspectives, but I mean, you still grew up in the South as a gay man, which must have been hard. Not all the perspectives, but yes. Um, so growing up here was definitely um, a little bit of a challenge, um, but also kind of iconic. Um, yeah, I- you said you were straight all the time, and y'all, his bar mitzvah, the first song, of, not that I was invited, um, the first song on the CD was Born This Way by Lady Gaga, and Simon <laughs> literally had the audacity to tell everyone that he was straight. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, and I also had the audacity to not even invite Sam. So sorry about that. I'm paying, <laughs> I know. I literally. I'm paying it forward now. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do a live reading right now of my bar mitzvah soundtrack. Not all of them. Not just all the of them. Just yeah. the best. The highlights would be "Born This Way" by Lady Gaga, um, "The Time" (parentheses Dirty Bit) by the Black Eyed Peas, um, "Teach Me How to Dougie" by Cali Swag District, and last but definitely not least, "Bow Chicka Wow Wow" by Mike Posner. But yeah, we all thought um, it was straight. Are you really going to forget the Lazy Song by Bruno Mars? <laughs> because I didn't. And I was lazy. forget you, CeeLo Green. You couldn't even get Fuck You on there. I mean, you were becoming a man and you put the clean version. I remember when you came out to me, and then you can tell your perspective. But when Simon came out to me, I was in the car and he calls me and he was like, Hey, um, I just want to let you know, like, I'm bi. And I was like, okay, and? And, like, I was like, bitch, yeah, okay. <laughs> I had no idea. Like, and you're like, you're the first person that wasn't like, oh, my God, I had no idea. No, because that's, ev- literally everyone I told was like, I think that that's, like, something that, like, we're just, like, indoctrinated to do. I think that's uh, something that we're just, like, conditioned to do as a society is to be, like, when people tell you, like, oh, my God, like, I had no idea. Like, what? Like, I wasn't going to lie to you. I'm so caught off guard. You would never lie to me. But you were the first person that was like, yeah, bitch, and? (laughs) And I think that for me, a lot of people see that as being like, oh my God, I'm worried I'm going to like disrespect them or like step on their toes. And like, for me, I was like, oh my God, a breath of fresh air. Like finally someone is in my corner saying, yeah, girl, we been new. (laughs) And I didn't give a fuck. and And you didn't give a fuck. If you had said that you been new and you gave a fuck. I wouldn't be here, but... Yeah, right? Imagine if I'd been like, yeah, I know, and I was just waiting until you told me so I could shun you. And- now get out of the car. <laughs> no, get out of my life. Literally. And I always, like, when people would be like, Simon's gay behind your back, I'd be like, no, he's not. Like, he hooks up with girls. People said that? <laughs> I thought you were being serious. No, but even now, I literally joke about it with people, and I'm always just like, Ugh, like, I wish that I could have been in the room in, like, 
middle school would have been prime. Like, I think high school may have been some good moments too, but middle school would have been prime when, like, everyone's, like, coming into themselves a little bit and, like, when you're first starting to think about things. Mm -hmm. Just to be a fly on the wall in the room when I... To hear a straight guy talking about me and saying... Mm, what's up with that shore kid? Like, you know? I just remember in co- into college people were talking about it because you didn't come out until like your sophomore year. Oh my god, you're acting like I was like the talk of the town. Shit, I hope not. But also, <laughs> but at the same time, I kind of no. So. Like straight guys here were like obsessed with knowing the sexuality of gay men. Like all my friends that were in the closet, like every mm. people are always like, your credibility is shot because I would be like, I swear my mom's life, like so and so is straight, and like I knew they were gay, but I was just protecting them. Yeah, you know, I like, kind of think I'm one of many in that regard. Like I think there's been like a number of people that you've I, defended. Yeah, I would say names right now, but yeah. some of them aren't all out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. ally, but no, yeah. for sure your credibility is a little bit shot. But keep fighting the good fight. I mean, we're, I mean, it was for a good reason. Yeah. It's not no. like I was like, no, Simon's never killed anyone, <laughs> knowing like there was like three bodies in your backyard. Like, but, like, that's not your place to, t- like, say it to other people. So no. I understand why you did it. No, I mean, and it's no one's place. And yeah. I would always just be like, shut the fuck up. Do you guys have nothing better to talk about? Yeah, like, why does it even like, matter? Like, let's go talk about a sports game or something. <laughs> that's what you straighties love to do. Okay, like, let's not talk about a sports game. But, yeah, I mean, I think the point being is that a lot of people come into, I feel like especially for some reason, straight girls come into the position of, like, knowing at least one guy who may be gay or may be bi or anywhere on the LGBT spectrum And they kind of get put in this awkward position of like, do I not tell anyone, which is what you should do, or do I tell people just because it's funny and gets me attention and it's easier. And I think that's really what it comes down to is that it's so much easier to like put your guard down and say, yeah, that person's gay. Yeah, that person's bi. But it doesn't mean it's the right choice. Well, when you told me, you were like, I'm not out though. So like, don't tell people. And then I remember like, maybe it was like last summer or two summers ago, you were like, oh yeah, I'm fully out. And then after that, people will still ask me like, oh, Simon's gay. And I'm like, at this point, like, yeah. The element of surprise. Like, like I'm low-key. still don't I'm know. I'm low-key a magician. Like, I'm out here, like, working my magic tricks, convincing y'all bitches. Like, I, hope, I think a lot of people... Hey, hope- I, hope you're, I hope you're listening, and I hope you're wondering if I'm gay. I am. <laughs> if you didn't get that already. Another stream, my love. <laughs> Another stream. Send it to your friends, my love. No, I think a lot of people want you to not be gay because you're so hot. I think that this episode, we should just make, like, the, your best selfie a ever. That, no, your best selfie ever <gasps> should be just perfect. be the cover of this episode. No. We'll we'll put up like a picture of Simon. We'll get like a cute picture together mm-hmm. next week before I have it comes a couple. Out. Well, Allie will be all swollen, and then why is Allie gonna be swollen though? You just said that like she's gonna be swollen <laughs> because she's getting her wisdom teeth out. Prayers, prayers. My loves. Actually, it'll be too late. <laughs> the episode oh, will be, you'll already be one done. Stream okay, but is still one prayer. Pray, still pray <laughs> just for me. Just pray anyway. <laughs> just one stream <laughs> equals one prayer. Just, <laughs> yeah. Just generically prayer for Allie. She needs it. I mean, in general, we could all use one. You could yeah. just set, set one up for me and Simon as well. Nothing's wrong with us. We just exist. Um. <laughs> all right, Simon. So I have a question for you. Whenever you, like, came out, were people, like, different towards you at all? No. So this is something that I've thought about a lot. And, and, and it's definitely something that a lot of white gays go through is that there's a lot of privilege associated with being a white gay. Okay. And I think that when I, when people found out, it was just kind of like, okay, and for some people, Sam, for other people, they did the whole, you know, oh, what? I'm shocked. And I need a moment. You need a moment. Girl, I needed 21 years. No, I mean, I think that like, there's a certain amount of environmental impact to it that people are just kind of like, okay, like, that's fine. Um, and that definitely goes hand in hand with a certain sense of privilege. So I definitely recognize that. And I'm appreciative of that on some levels. But I 
also recognize the reality that for a lot of people, that's just not how they're received. So yeah. I'm fortunate for what I've had, but I definitely want to put it out there that not all people have the same experience. Um, so definitely be important to be mindful of that. Yeah, and you okay. have, like, really supportive parents. Yeah, I have really... Like, supp- insanely. Really supportive parents. You could have come out when you were 15, and it probably would have been fine. Um, but, I mean, not... It's me. good I waited. It's good I, <laughs> it's good I waited. I think your but, parents... Like, yeah, yeah. Your par- like, just yeah. thinking about your parents, yeah. maybe they would have been fine. But, I mean, other yeah. reasons, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, there's definitely, like, some apprehension on, like, from a parent level, a family member level, when you're... 13 14 everyone wants to say oh you're still going through it you haven't mm-hmm. made you haven't made your mind up let's set, set the record straight not true you can know exactly what you want when you're 10 when you're 13 when you're 22 or you're 45 the age does not make a fucking difference yeah but, yeah the only thing that confuses me about my sexuality is that video of Billie eilish with the bagels honestly same the bagels honestly same I, and she's one of those that her and carla levine i'm just kind of like hmm. yeah you never know like you could I mean, I don't know. I think that everyone wants everyone to be so, like, black and white. And that's just not how it is. Like, I have a friend, and she's probably going to come on, and she is bi. And, you know, for, like, two years, she dated a girl. And lived with her. Like, everyone was like, okay, so you're a lesbian. And she was like, and now that she's single again, she's seeing a guy. And, like, she said there's people in the lesbian community that are, like, I mean, she can speak more on this. But she was just like, it's so annoying because, like, there's people that are literally mad at her for going. And I'm like... Who are you to say? Yeah, and that's so unfair. Like, like and, but also, why? Why do you care? Why do you care? Like all that, all Stay that I said. Bubble. All that I said whenever she was talking to guys again, and I was like, "Good for you." Yeah, like good. I'm glad you're happy. That's all I care about with my yeah. friends. I don't care who you're boning as long as you're happy. And if you're not boning anyone, I'm happy that you're happy. Not like, do you? Yeah. And I think that's what the, the biggest thing with this month is like, just be proud of who you are, and like, don't let other people try and like put you in a corner like push you in this box like yeah i mean i think especially this month just as a theme is yeah everyone wa- everyone wants to celebrate the gays and love let's do it celebrate the gays we're fucking amazing but there are other people that are part of the lgbt community that are not just the g that are yeah. not just gay and i think this month it's definitely easy in certain areas certain communities certain friend groups to lose sight of that it's so mm-hmm. easy to celebrate our conveniently gay best friend but you have to look past that and i think right now when i go on social media i have conversation with friends everyone says i'm so proud of you and that's amazing i'm proud of me too and i'm proud that you're my friend and i'm your friend um but i think that there's something about looking past that and trying to read more listen more about experiences that are beyond just your friends we live in this bubble that like it's just that's a word that's thrown around a lot as we live in a bubble we live in like this small like commune of people or if it's just a societal thing that like Mm -hmm. we want everyone to be so binary you're gay Mm -hmm. or you're straight you're lesbian or you're straight we don't want to see the people that are in between or beyond being in between anywhere outside of that binary those people exist and those people are just as fabulous and I will admit, maybe more fabulous <laughs> than, I, than I am, yeah. T. I, I hate to admi- admit it, but it might be a reality. Um, is that we just, we want to put people in boxes. And I think that mm-hmm. as we get, as our generation grows up and is just constantly taking in new information all the time, we're starting to learn that people don't want to be in boxes. Nobody looks good in a box, right? No. A box is not cute. It's not flattering. Like, give me something that's fluid. Give me something that's form-fitting. Like, <laughs> I want that shit. Like, don't put me in a damn box. I'm not a also, check box. I'm on a survey. Like, 
I think that we need to have a better understanding as the younger generation that's going to create change and pave the way and blaze the trail. Like we need to understand that there is so much more to this spectrum of LGBT than any of us understand. Yeah. Who is up at night? Like just the, the transgenders, they're really they're just killing my vibe. Like yeah. for me, it's like maybe I'm not that knowledgeable and stuff. No, I mean like that is how I imagine like a racist guy that has like a confederate flag hanging over his bed like that is what i feel like but his verbiage would be. yeah and i'm just like for me it's like maybe i'm not that knowledgeable but like i support them i want them to live their truth i want everything but like also for me it's just like i don't care what anyone else is doing in their personal life or in their private life like i really but have to because like how like who they grew up with as well like the people surrounding them but also just the type of people they are like it's just yeah, I think that's just, hate. like, how it's going to be. Like, the people that don't get mad about them doing that, we need to advocate for them and protect them and everything because there are people like that that hate other people so much that yeah. they don't even fucking know. Which, I don't get it. People do enough terrible things for you to hate them. I know. You don't need to hate them because of their sexuality or their gender or whatever. It's just exhausting. I don't know. I see it a lot of a lot of protests, a lot of prides. There's always that one person or multiple people that have that sign that says... If God, if God hates gays, why'd he make us so cute? And I'm just like, I true, I true. How that. can you stay up at night when like, what are you like mad that like, we're prettier than you? Like, honestly, probably. Like, and, honestly, and that you're like, just one, happier in one general. One narrative that I do want to get rid of though, is the one where it's like, people hate, like white men or whatever men hate other gays because they're just closeted gays. I hate that narrative because it just like invalidates like the fact that there are just people that are hate like have hate in their heart like not every person that hates gay people is a closeted gay man like there are just some people that are fucking terrible and like we need to do something about it yeah i think we make a we try to make a lot of excuses and a lot of justifications for hate i think Mm -hmm. that it's something that especially as white hetero people um that's That's a lot of that's that's what what, um just to set the record straight again for the third time i am a white gay Um, (laughs) but you but I think, hetero, but so. I think that white that's what white hetero people do a lot is trying to diffuse hate and they try and make it seem like you're not making my life any better by trying to tr- down treat the hate like it's okay like we need to have a conversation about it as it is but let's not dilute it into something that it's not hate is hate hate is not cute hate doesn't mean that you're secretly gay girl if you're secretly gay mm, I can recommend a few good therapists but <laughs> but I really do think that 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 level of disrespect for any other group needs to be understood as something that doesn't always have good reasoning, doesn't always have... I mean, there's never good reasoning, right? There's never good reasoning. No. But there's not always some... We always want to bend back over for... it's Oh, it's religious. It's just their religion, you know? I mean, you can't blame them. It's just how they grew up. I don't care if it's your family upbringing. I don't care if it's your religion. I don't want to condemn you for being a hateful person, but I want to have the conversation with you and understand why you are so hateful towards this group of people because... You are damn losing out by hating them. I want to condemn them. I don't know. Fuck. I mean, it's a big month. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of yeah. Protests. It's a big month, and it's it's definitely it's sad in a lot of ways that we can't celebrate the way that we normally would because we have to be looking towards other things that are going on. But I think what's going on right now with COVID in combination more so with what's going on with Black Lives Matter is we just have to be looking elsewhere. And I think there are a lot of people in the gay community that are saying right now, we will have our time to celebrate, but now is not a time to celebrate. Mm -hmm. But as a country, we want to see everything in a box. We can, we have this weird inability to 
process things separately. Mm-hmm. We have it has to be pride. It can't be pride and we're advocating for Black Lives Matter. You need to be able to live your life in both groups. And if you can't, you're just damaging one while you're celebrating the other. And that is not a good equation to be part of. I mean, honestly, I don't want to keep going on Instagram and seeing all these white gays going on and posting problematic shit about how back at the country club, back in my dad's Jag, back in Miami, like, I don't want to hear about your vacation. I don't want to hear about your lobster roll. I don't want to hear about your golf game. Let's talk about something that actually matters. Or I think if you're going to do that, you need to balance it out and also talk about things that matter. Like, I think, like, the people that don't care about it weren't taking it as serious. Like, they were just like, oh, I'm just going to get off Instagram today. So we were all just, everyone that was actually in agreement with, like, everything with Black Lives Matter. We need to kind of make social media, I think this might be problematic to say, but, like, a little bit more normal again so people are looking at it. And then, yeah, you can post a thirst trap and then the next one, then the guy's clicking through your story, the next one is, um, go sign this petition. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think that it's gonna, like, normalizing it a little bit again is gonna, like, drag people in and then they're gonna be forced to read. Yeah. Or at least, at least I, look at it. I feel like that's kind of happening, though. Just, like, the past week I've been on, like, Instagram, like, what you just said, like, I go through people's stories and it's just, like, pictures of what they're doing with their day and then, like, a Black Lives Matter. Or, or that's even, like, a lot doing. of pride stuff, too, yeah. I've seen. Like, it's just mm-hmm. a mixture of everything. No, but I think that honest, also to that point, I've seen a lot of gays get like really innovative and we can combine the normal mm-hmm. to elevate the more important perfect example. I've seen a lot of gays selling their OnlyFans and selling their nudes for charity. Send me, send me $25 and I will donate it to charity and you'll get a nude in return. I mean, that's innovation. I was posting about the... The last black-owned gay club in Manhattan. If you guys want to donate, it's called Alibi. And they're... Because they're, like, at risk of getting shut down. So I sent them some money. And I think we can can do it all at once. A black-owned gay club, to me... How do you not support that? That's the best club. And also, how is there only one in Manhattan? Only one. That's very shocking. Because I think that there's probably a lot of black people working in these clubs, but they're owned by white people because people just want to have gay people and black people as, like, accessories. And I just think that's disgusting to me. Like, people love gay culture, people love black culture, but people don't want to ever advocate for them or Mm -hmm. protect them. Yes, yes. Every, every person wants to tell me, oh, I love RuPaul's. And I'm like, oh, you love RuPaul? Why don't you speak up? for anything that has to do at all ever with anybody from the LGBT community. Like, you watch a Netflix show, like, oh my god, hi, Ally. No, that's not how that works. I think it's because people are scared what others are going to say about them, which I'm not saying that's an excuse whatsoever, but I feel like that's why so many people don't say anything, because they're like, oh, I don't want people to get mad at me or talk about me, which also, if they're talking about you in that sense, like, that's a positive thing, even if they're talking negative, because, like, you're a good person. I just have never, I don't, I don't remember the last time I gave a fuck what someone was saying about me. <laughs> like, well, no. I mean, to but me. But there's a lot of people that still do, yeah. which I don't I know, know why. Yeah. And to me, but. it's like with those people, like, okay, we can, we can sit here because obviously we don't care what other people think about us. And like, that makes us like legendary. Of that's course. That's why I right? have a podcast. That's yeah. why we're on the, that's why we're on this podcast right now. But for those people that are worried, like you're saying, let's not use that as rationale, but let's recognize that there are a lot of people, probably the majority, that do care about public opinion, what their friends think of them, what their family think, yeah. thinks about them. And that's a normal thing. That is an okay thing. Is but it to, okay? But to, okay, but to those people, what I want to say is ma- make an attempt 
to say something, do something bigger than yourself. And if you fail, you will get criticism mm-hmm. and take that criticism with grace and be a better person. Yeah. You're going to get criticism in life. Literally, you could post a picture of a fucking lobster roll. And guess what? You're getting roasted on the Looking Extensive podcast right now. And all they did was post a picture of food. Yeah. Okay, but no more lobster rolls. If you're a white boy, no more lobster rolls. No more golf, no more lobster rolls for the time being. I give you guys a month. Then you can go back to posting lobster or rolls. Or you could have a lobster roll, but you need to post... You need to sign four petitions, okay? For every piece of sushi, you got to sign four petitions, okay, boo-boo? That's I like the that rule. rule. I like that rule. New rule is Dua Lipa. <laughs> if I see one person post a picture of a lobster roll, I'm Venmo requesting you $25 <laughs> and giving it to charity. There. Giving it to Alibi. You're warned. <laughs> but also, I feel like the people that are, like, worried what their friends are going to say about them, find new friends. Yeah. If your friends, Fine, if you're really friends. that scared about what your friends are going to say behind your back, they're not your friends. So like, eh, get no. And I think that there's a big, there's a, another big like mantra, motto, slogan that's been going on right now is a lot of people are saying like, dump your racist boyfriend. For me, I've never had to deal with a racist boyfriend, but I've had a lot of girlfriends that have had very racist, very homophobic boyfriends. And there's a time and there's a place to not say something about it. But now is the time and place to be saying mm-hmm. something about it. Did you know I it. said shit about it every five minutes? I thought I was fixing those men. And there are, no, and there definitely are girls. As much, there are girls, there are guys. And any kind of, and regardless of sexuality, that feel like they can fix their partner. And on some level, there may be some truth to that, right? Mm-hmm. But there are also, like we were saying earlier, there are some broken ass people in the world. Yeah. There are some broken, hateful people. And you can put a band-aid on it, but that does not mean that they will be left for better for the next person that comes their way. They may be left worse. I know. I was yeah. telling Anna Maria today, I was like, I don't know why... Whatever the situation I'm telling her about. I was like, I don't know why I'm sad over a guy that's probably sitting there saying all lives matter right now. Or, like, why I was sad. You know what I'm saying? What a mood, yeah. Literally, like... That lose sleep every night and have changed their lives around some guy that would probably say, oh, well, cops, you know, it's just a few bad apples. I mean, if you're a few bad apples guy, do not ruin some girl's life, right? Like, like guys... You need to find a girl that is wearing a Make America Great Again hat and you need to be with her. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Me? Yeah. Me? No. I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet. If you yet. say the N word, don't slide in my DMs. I Thank saw, you. I saw a tweet yesterday that was like, maybe the reason that guys have good skin is because they stress everyone else out <gasps> besides themselves. And I thought, this is so true. Is it That's a very straight accurate. man? Oh, look at your skin. A straight, Simon. Look at my skin. <laughs> um, no, but, but truly, and I don't know if it gets down to sexuality, but I do think that it, d- it tends to be more of like, a hetero guy thing to do is yeah straight guys love to fuck with everyone but when someone because fucks they're with, so insecure so insecure but when someone fucks with them it's world war three oh. oh yeah my ex-boyfriend if i didn't shave my armpits for one day would point at my armpits and be like ew and then i would point at his stomach and be like ew, ew. and he would get so butthurt Feminism. i still you know i respect him and whatever i didn't mean to drag him through the filth on no i mean look back like- look look back on your past relationships with farmers <laughs> am i right Guys, I'm 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 citing some wisdom from a past podcast. What episode was it? Um, ex boyfriends and enemies. Okay, if you haven't streamed, another stream, my love. Another stream, my loves. So this is Simon's coming out story. I'm excited. I've never heard this story. Okay, so I expect so I expect that everyone who's listening right now, you basically by listening have automatically signed an NDA. If do not repeat this. (laughs) Hey guys, I'm going to tell you something. To our thousand streamers. To our to all of our streamers. Don't repeat this. Okay, but actually, so when I was 20, 
one, I thought it would be a good idea. I was living, so I went to school. So I thought it was a good idea to date somebody when I was 20 who was, I think, five years older, six years older. Ancient. 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 He was basically on a ventilator. And so (laughs) I thought it was a good idea to date him. And I was like, okay, this will be cute. It'll make me more mature. It'll make me more aware. He's out. I'm not out. And that's a classic situation is somebody Mm -hmm. who's not out dating somebody same age or a little bit older who is out, hoping that it'll be some inspiration to get them out into the world earlier. That's a Band-Aid. That's not a solution. Um, So I thought that was a good idea. Things were going fine, right? And then I, like, unlike some of the people in this room, I decided to go abroad my junior fall. I went abroad in August, and right before I went abroad, I basically said to this guy, things have been going not so well, a little bit rocky. He kind of thought he was better than me. Big, Wait, were you guys big mistake? Were you guys talking? Um, no, we were dating. Oh, you were, we were dating. Okay. Yeah, we were we were dating. Um, and like we would go on dates, dating like definitely like out and about, like very public to my friends. The helping only people, you the, come out, helping me come out. The only people that didn't really know were like my parents and like maybe some people at home. Um, so thought that was a good idea right before abroad. I was like, okay, like gonna end this, right? Like Mm, doesn't make sense to do the long-term long distance while I'm in Europe. So I'm just going to end it. We're going to end on good terms, right? No, so wrong. Did not end on good terms. I don't think it was going to end on good terms whether you went abroad or not. Yeah, so I didn't know that. I just assumed because I've watched, like I guess, like too much of Love, Simon, that <laughs> every relationship ends on like good terms. Even when uh, they end on good terms, it doesn't stay good. Trust, trust me. It doesn't stay good. But we look back on our relationships with fondness. Yeah. So, so I thought it was going to be good, right? And I go to be like, okay, like... Love to the bestie, but, like, BRB, GTG, I'm going to Europe. Like, talk later. Traveler. Traveler. Um, so I get my passport ready, and I'm, like, out the door when my my now ex decides to basically be, like, you're so wrong for that. How could you leave me? Um, I wanted to go to Europe. I don't want you. Also, yeah. Sugar, I applied, like, months ago. Sugar. Like Wait, you did he know? Oh, he knew. It was then a, why is this a shock? It was a freight train coming in from miles away, and he just acted like he was, like, laying on the tracks right before it came. But he basically asked, acted like it was this whole big surprise, whatever, and I was like, love, like, would love to, like, stay in touch, but, like, this is just not going to really be a thing. So basically, jumping forward, he decided that it was his prerogative to um, out me. So he did a cute thing where he Instagram messaged like a lot of, uh, he Instagram messaged my ex-girlfriend. He Instagram messaged people that I had hooked up with in the past. You're joking. Instagram messaged them. It was all pretty much a copy and paste, which was like so genius of him. Um, But he was basically- He wasted no time. He wasted no time. Efficiency was his game. And I will commend him for that, but that's all I'll give him is that he basically Instagram messaged all these people saying, like, I want you to know X, X, and X about Simon Shore. Like, he's gay, he's this, he's that, he's crazy. He's a liar, like, he's bad to me. Like, all these things, right? All things that were not true, but all things that were relayed over an Instagram DM. So, needless to say, when he messaged 15 people in the same day, in the same hour, I got 15 phone calls in about a span of 15 minutes. So I'm fielding people left and right being like, I had no idea. I'm so mad at you. That's so getting back to earlier. I have had some bad reactions in that sense because you would have a bad reaction, right? Can you imagine if your ex, you found out your ex was gay over an Instagram DM? I would get it. 
That would be kind of a vibe for you. Like, but how do they, like, do they not even have a gaydar? I mean, also, yeah. Pro- but that, even that concept in and of itself, a little bit problematic. They probably just, like, avoided it. They probably avoided it. Well, yeah, I guess, like, if you, like, are emotionally involved with someone, yeah. Okay, well, so, but keep so, going with your so some, of, so some of them were guys I had hooked up with, so I'm assuming they knew. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna <laughs> Wait, do- message? Oh, my God. Did, <sighs> did those people call you and be like, why did this crazy person just probably, message me? Yeah, yeah so, so those people, and honestly, there were some responses that came out of that people just coming out of the woodwork being like don't message me ever again you have no you have no place Good. you have no authority Kings, people kind of people kind of came to my side and honestly i'm gonna say it my ex-girlfriend queen like she really she called me and she was like i don't believe any of this like i'm a big believer in all press is good press but she knew that this was not good press yeah and yeah, I mean, she was really supportive, like, very understanding, basically, like, it kind of ended in a better place than I ever imagined it would be, but still, it rocked the boat. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, the, the worst the worst has been, the worst has happened, like, whatever. No, the worst was just yet to come. <laughs> oh, my God. And the worst was in the form of pr- some major property damage. So, <laughs> so, whatever. So I settle it, basically, I settle everything with all these people. Everyone's, like, chill. We're all on the same page, right? So I think that, like, everything's fine. Every, like, the dust, dust settled. The dust is settled, right? The tumbleweeds are, like, moving across the street. It's kind of like a Western <laughs> movie. It's a, it's a gay Western movie. <laughs> it's a super gay Western movie. And so thinking everything's fine, wake up one morning, come out of my apartment, right? Go out to my car. It's the day that I'm supposed to drive back to Myrtle Beach. I had been in um, North Carolina for the summer. Supposed to drive home, right? I get my car. I'm doing my thing, drinking my iced coffee, like putting my sunglasses on. Obviously, a gay Western film. A gay Western film, like we were saying. I'm kind of, I'm kind of ready to like get casted for one of those. (laughs) Sparkly. um, If any, if any, if any, James Charles. If any casting agents are listening, um, just drop a comment and (laughs) and we'll we'll talk. Um, But anyway, so I wake up one morning and get in my car. And I get this cute little alert in my car that my tire pressure is low. So I go out to my tires and I look and I see that two of my tires are basically completely flat. So I'm like, oh, this is cute that my two tires are flat right before I'm supposed to drive three and a half hours home. So I go to a dealership, right? I have them check it out. Takes about two minutes. And the guy comes back to me and says, hey, man, you got any enemies? And I go, girl, I got plenty. (laughs) And I said, you have to be more specific. And he loved that. I said, you have to be more specific. And he said, well, this is an easy, this is an easy diagnosis. Somebody slashed your tires. And I go, somebody slashed my tires? How can you tell that? And he goes, oh, well, it's pretty evident to me. Somebody stuck a steak knife in your tires. We see that, we actually see this (laughs) all the time. So I don't know what's going on in the state of North Carolina, but if a dealership is seeing slash tires all the time, North Carolina do better. That's a different conversation. This is insane. Yeah. But so he he looks at my tires and he sees big gashes. Like I'm like too oblivious to look, and then I see he's totally right. Two giant slashes in my tires. And so then of course I'm trying to think, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and I'm a little slow because it's a little early in the morning, and I'm thinking enemies, enemies. Who could have slashed my tires? Um, it took me about two and a half minutes to realize that it was my ex-boyfriend. So he had basi- he had the password to my apartment building. He got into the parking garage of my apartment building and thought that it would be a cute and fun idea, a little, a little goodbye present, to stick a steak knife in two of my tires. Legally, I'm, legally I am binded to say this, that there is not con- conclusive proof that it was him. Did he right? admit it? Um, he... I never brought it up to him because when 
my parents suggested that I bring it up to him or anyone for that matter suggested that I bring it up to him, we realized that if he was slashing my tires, there was some danger there. Yeah, like and what br- else would he do? And bringing it up to him probably was only going to make the situation a lot worse. So... What a crazy person. Yeah, he was a real he was a real crazy person. And there was just some sense of, again, like like we've been saying, there are just people in the world that no matter how you try and spin it, they're just hateful people. Bad. Yeah. They're just bad. I mean, he's gay yeah. too. Like, ba- and he's, he's gay. Bad. Yeah. He's gay. He committed a pretty violent... I mean, that's a violent thing, mm-hmm. right? To break into somebody's... And imagine if he had been able to get to you. Yeah. Sometimes I wish. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. But Wait, so how did that make you come out to your parents? So that basically escalated this whole thing of like, okay, I have to tell my parents. Yeah, because right? like, why would a guy right. hate you so, so much to slash your Right, tires? and so I told my parents that somebody had slashed my tires. They were just kind of like, okay, like you're paying for it. Like not <laughs> believing me, right? Like, because that's just like an unbelievable story. They're probably thinking like, Oh, he ran over a nail yeah, or like, yeah, it was he drunk, hit a curb or, yeah. okay, I would hope that they wouldn't think that I was drunk driving my car, but I don't know. I don't know what my parents think of me. So <laughs> someone else is driving your car. So I basically was like, fuck, like I'll take care of this right now, but in the long term, I'm gonna have to tell them. So basically I came home and I told my parents and that's a whirlwind, right? Like, yeah. I like came back and was like, Trauma. hey, hey, I'm gay. Oh, and I made so much of an enemy. He slashed my tire. So it's a lot. And I think that for a lot of people, you don't know when to come out and you wait and wait and wait and you build up this kind of love Simon moment in your head where like, it's going to be this call me by your name, love Simon hybrid Hello. where my parents will be, will be reading poetry and it'll be a seance and my parents will be, we'll all be hugging and we'll drink wine. It was not that. There was some wine, but it was it was not that. They, uh, but they, I feel like they're really accepting. But is it just no, now they are? No, or? they were very no no no. They were very accepting, and it's a process, right? And I think it's always going to be a process for parents. And I think that there's some amount of patience that's involved, and just understanding that, like in our generation, for a lot of people, like we're saying, it's an automatic automatic acceptance, yeah. right? And I am empathetic to my parents that like it's a process and they're constantly learning and they're wanting to do better. But I think it's a lot when your son or daughter comes to you and says, Hey, I have a non heterosexual sexuality. I'm, Anything but the normative what sexuality. You, like when you conceived me, you thought I'm gonna have a son. I'm gonna mm-hmm. have grandkids. I'm gonna right. have, he's gonna have a, right. a wife. Oh, and my kids yeah. will still have grand. My parents will still have grandkids. No, but I'm saying yeah. you know, like they probably have this like idea in their head, which I think our generation will have less of that. Yeah, definitely. So I kind of went into it understanding that they have a lot of preconceived notions, and and I was willing to sit down and have those conversations and kind of like tease that out. But what I was not ready for was to tell my parents that they were footing a, I don't even know how much it was, $1,000 bill to get my tires mm-hmm. replaced because it's some lunatic slash them. Yeah. yeah. There's not really a, there's not really a manual on how to, <laughs> no. on how to, there's not a negoc- for yeah, there's not, there's not really a playbook for how to negotiate yeah. oh, that and by the way, it wasn't a girl. It was my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Because I'm right. Gay. Right. I mean, so it was a lot. And like we had had actually a preliminary conversation. I'm having like a little bit of revisionist history but we had had a conversation before where i had said to them like i'm questioning and like hold the hold the laugh sam but i said i'm questioning and i think i'm bi and my parents were like okay what does that mean and again this gets back to what we're saying about these boxes like it almost would have been easier if i had just said to my parents from the jump i'm gay like Mm -hmm. i'm team men like but you also didn't know but i also didn't know and i think that that's something that like a lot of people want to say is like we joke now right like oh come on like we always knew but like 
you can't say that you knew if I didn't know, right? Like, that's the narrative that people need to get behind is like, don't tell me that you knew. And we can joke and we can joke and the jokes are well received. And I fortunately have a very thick skin, but and I'm thick as shit, but <laughs> I'm not, I wish. Um, but I do think that a lot of people are quick to say like, oh my God, I always knew. And my reaction is like to some of those people, well, you didn't always know because I didn't, I didn't always know. Okay, so I don't want to say any names here, but Simon was talking to the second place runner-up of the second season of American Idol. We're not going to say any names here, but you guys... But, it, but it's Clay Aiken. <laughs> Can you guys patch on Tinder? Yeah, so we, so I saw him so I saw him on Tinder, right? Wait, and I'm where gonna read, were you located? And I'm going to read, I was in North Carolina, and he lives in Raleigh. He oh, lives full-time okay. in Raleigh. And appara- apparently he had a very failed run for mayor of Raleigh. Um, <laughs> oh not God, sure who was exotic, not though. sure who was voting for him. He's super like me, right? So I go into my Tinder and I see that this guy named Clay has Lucy, super has, has super liked me, and I was just kind of like, oh, a super like, so flattering, right? The name Clay, like, don't really hear that a lot. I see that he has like a cute dog and a Cinder, whatever. I'm scrolling through and I realize. It's Clay Aiken. How did you look at that and know it was Clay Aiken? Because I watched American Idol religiously and I still didn't realize it was Clay Aiken. I kind of don't know. I think I just had it like buried in the back of my head. I don't think anyone else looks like him though. Right? He is such a, he's such a distinct. Yeah. So I see, so I see that it's him and I see the bio is legit dot, dot, dot and legitimately skeptical about this app dot, dot, dot. But giving it another shot anyway, please know who you are and be happy with yourself. Not very surprisingly, my dog tends to be my greatest asset. Girl, you are the second runner up to American Idol and you're saying that your dog is your greatest <laughs> asset. Do better. IG Clay Aiken. Message me there if you need verification. Oh, well, you might have known he was Clay Aiken because his bio because said his... IG Clay Aiken. That might have been where you got the premonition from. Again, I'm no detective. So... So I see that he's super like me and I was just like, all right, like, why don't I just like, I'm obviously not going to meet up with him. He's so much older and he's like kind of gross. So I was just like, okay, like not going to see him in real life, but like, I'll like mess around a little bit and like message him. Like he's, he's a celebrity. And I was just kind of like, this is so abnormal for Tinder. So I go on, I'm messaging him, whatever. And he's like obsessed, like wants to take, like wants to go on a date, like wine and dine. And I'm just thinking, and all my friends are just like, do it, do it, do it. And I was like, no, I can't. I don't want to. I feel like I'm like, that's like such a compromise. But I was like, I'll keep talking to him. Like, it wasn't really creepy. It was more just entertaining. And so we're talking and then I go, all right, let me verify you on Instagram. So I message him on Instagram. He immediately follows me back. He was I, running. I didn't, follow, like I didn't follow him for a week to see if like, I don't know. I just wanted to see what he would do. He stayed following me. We kept talking on Instagram. Is he still following All you? jokes. I unfollowed him three months ago he still follows um but no nothing really ever came of it will you date him just so we can like boost the podcast no i'm sorry clay if you're listening to this like you are like such a nice guy but like you're not the one for me and like he has like some good music until you realize that some of his good music is only two songs and the rest of his music is all christian rock i don't know one song this is invisible it has three million if i was invisible I've still never heard a song in my life. Wait, I'm sorry. It's honestly, probably, it's honestly probably better that way that you don't know him. But I knew he left, who he was. But he, left, but, he left, but he left a big mark on the Christian rock community. It will never be the same. He is bathed in a lot of controversy. I mean, he was like... 
super Republican, had had like a lot of like anti-gay stances, was married to a woman, I think. Uh, for I, that's a little, how I know ma- him. Yeah, married, married to a woman, I think had one I or two. I always knew he was gay. One or two kids. You always knew. He didn't know, but you always knew. <laughs> um, one or two kids came out, got divorced, took back everything. Oh, that on he, American Idol? Took back, he had everything. No, I think it was, I think After. it was pretty well after. He's like the worst kind of gay, right? Where he's just like this gross white privilege gay where... And make it where we can't just say, no, those are just hateful people. No, he ruined it for the rest of us. Like, he's just really, like, such a, I mean, he's such, like, a lame, like. All right, guys. Well, that is our show for the day. Follow me on Instagram at Sam M. McCaffrey, S-A-M-M-M-C-C-A-F-F-R-E-Y. And follow me at Allie Bills, A-L-L-Y-B-I-L-L-S. And Simon, do you have anything to plug? You have a few things. Um, I have an Instagram too. It's S-I-M-U-U-N. And follow By Nectar on Instagram. It's my friend's company. It's an awesome cannabis storage accessories company at B-Y-N-E-K-K-T-A-R. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and follow at Looking Expensive Podcast on Instagram and follow at Looking Expensive Pod on Twitter for all of our updates and... We'll have a little kiki with you guys on the internet, too. Bye!